This episode is brought to you by Screams by Susan Alex Matthew How would you like to have someone do all your screaming for you? Oh, that's helpful You know, in any occasion, maybe you're scared of a, a tin pot villain Kind of like rolling towards you Who hasn't had that experience? Or plants like growing near you I don't like plants you don't like plants? I don't like plants. Well, they make me scream. You'll love today's sponsor, Screams by Susan. Oh! Now, if you've uh, seen any of Doctor Who, yes. you'll know that Carolyn Ford, and you can insert a scream right here, perfect scream. Yes. Because you got to practice it heaps. <laughs> it's a real skill. So, um, if you go to the website and put in the offer code, Screamin' Fools. Screamin' Fools. You'll get two free screams. Wow! Just like an IE, like those sorts of ones. No, I like a what? IE! <laughs> you know, like a comic book one. On with the show! What are you doing? I'm reversing the polarity of my ultrasonic screwdriver's power source. Reverse the polarity! Reverse, reverse, reverse the polarity. I just reversed the polarity! Welcome to the Fan of the Fool, everyone. I'm the Fan Matt Nancelli. I'm the Fool, Alex Cameron. How are you going, Fool? Pretty good fan. How are you? I'm good. It sounds like I'm saying fam. You know how people say it's not fam. Fam. The doctor says it sometimes. Does he really? She, at that point. She says... She's like, fam. Oh, no. Because she's got like a family traveling with her. Yeah, but they're called family. But she says fam. But she's not... And then when she sees a former companion from ages ago, she's like, that's part of my extended fam. Does she really? Or are you just... Yeah. She's but basically she's, sound a lot better than what I just said. Look, I know she's young, but she's not that young. She's I not, don't know, she's like in her 30s or something. Yeah, she? she's not 18. No. Any other does comments also, about that? Yeah, does she also go YOLO as she's fighting with She dogs? doesn't say YOLO. I mean, she doesn't have that... That doesn't impact her. She keeps dying and... That's a good point. YOLO doesn't really work for the dog, <laughs> does it? No. So there's no news. But uh, there is a spoiler-free review... Of audio play, Cass. So this is called Doctor Who Cass. Um, now this is the eighth Doctor, my favourite Doctor, Paul McGann. Paul McGann. It also features Emma Campbell Jones as the titular Cass, and Sonny McGann as. This is gonna blow your mind. You ready? That's his son in real life. That's his son in real life. But which character do you think he plays in the show? The same character, but younger. No. No, that doesn't work. He plays Doctor the Doctor's great-grandson. Oh. Oh. Because remember, Susan left with that man. Oh, yeah. Start a family. You mean when that child left with that man? Yes. Um, anyway, the sequence. However, um, this is one of these... Like, there's... Sometimes these older plays, they just, like, hit another level. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, like, top-shelf stuff. Because it's, like, right at the very end of the Eighth Doctor's life. And I've mentioned to you before that, like, the end of his life is, like, very tragic and horrific. And he's still kind of, like... It's kind of interesting. He's, like, in a horrible situation in each of the stories in this box set. But he's still trying to be how he would like to be. Mm -hmm. But he's kind of, like, forced to do things that he doesn't really want to. Right. So, it's... There's something kind of, I don't know, like, what would you call it? Like a paradox or like a, a kind of romantic about this person who's trying to like hold on to who he was 
while he's in like these horrible situations and he's kind of like trying to do the best he can without like getting everyone killed right because that's not really what he's about he's about saving the day mm-hmm. at this point maybe not at our point still he's still kind of early days being super helpful I, I always think back to the time he wanted to crush a guy's face with a rock yes I think he's moved past that a little bit a little bit <laughs> yeah he's, um, he's totally different but his grandson his great grandson Alex that's like pretty canonical like Susan had children okay however he shouldn't really be here in this story and Cass is also shouldn't really be here and he did have a companion that was with him that's gone missing. So it's like oh. a weird... And he can't quite remember... Because of the situation that he's like approaching, time's kind of like gone completely nuts. Right. So he sometimes remembers things or he doesn't... Re- or they're from like a timeline that doesn't exist anymore. But it's changed. Or he knows something about historical events, but that they're not correct... I assume you can't go into detail because it would spoil things. Yes. I, I see. And also, Paul McGowan does a lot of these. And he, you can tell when he, like... when he, You know, like, the other week I did one where it was him and, like, um, Nicola Walker. And they're all, like, they're having a good time and whatever. Tra- like, yeah. they're single episodes and they're having fun. There's, like, a desperation and, like, an exhaustion that he switches to when he's like in this like later life mode. Right. And where you're like, Oh, like he just needs like, like a hug. (laughs) And you know, like he's just, there's like, he knows how bad things are going to get, but he's just trying his best. Yeah. And there's that real kind of exhaustion that you can hear in his voice. There's some, see, I'm, I'm just guessing here. Something inevitable is about to happen that he can't stop. No, or more so he can stop it. Okay, but it's going to cost... It's like, uh, it's he'd, he'd have to be... By this point, he's... Particularly this doctor mm-hmm. is very against, like, killing anything. So, if he was to try and stop this horrible event, he'd probably have to get other people killed. Right. And so, he's not about that. So, he's really resistant to, to doing a thing. <laughs> but maybe he'll have to do a thing. Interesting. Doesn't he know about the, um, what was it called? Fast return switch? Just hit that. Go back to the beginning of time and start again. I think time might be broken, though. Oh. So, if you flick that switch, where is the beginning of time? That's a good point. So, and probably many more people will die. <laughs> that's right. Well, one of the stories here, they land on a planet far away from Earth, but ancient Egypt is there. Oh. So, so things are really messed up. <laughs> that's right. And he's like, this this isn't right. Egypt should, shouldn't be here. <laughs> so um, that's quite good. And it's kind of like... It's kind of like he's also kind of aware that his grandson probably shouldn't... His great-grandson probably shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that he's around. So he doesn't really want to address that. You know what right. I mean? So... And Cass is kind of like... These two... Cass has been in the real show. Okay. Um, but they technically shouldn't have met yet. Right, so she was a companion to a later Doctor. Well, 
to him. Oh, but later. But later. Right. But he's like, I like having this person around because he's like, I've got a companion again. It's like <laughs> the old times, but he keeps getting reminded that it's not like the old days. Right. Um, it is the pinnacle of audio plays. Ooh, so I guess... Oh, it's going to be a 13. It's a 13. That's so good. I don't know if we... Have we had 13s? Probably not for the audio play. Wow. My God. Okay, so let me, let me just quickly ask you. The Doctor is not a human. No. I assume that's canon. Yes. So when he has grandchildren, are they also special? How he's special? Well, I guess because Susan mated with a human, a human being. So, what happens to their children? So, he, I don't think it's been explored as what happens to Alex. Okay, she's his great grandson. Yeah, but he's not fully Time Lord. I think he's only got one heart. Right. So, I don't know if he can regenerate. Interesting. But, uh, you know, Carolyn Ford, who plays Susan, has played Susan all the way up until now. Yeah. So she's never regenerated on screen or anything. Oh, I see. So so we don't really know. Yes. And you've always been like, is she really the doctor's granddaughter? Yeah, because blah, blah, blah. wasn't that disputed? Well, it, it's just not... It's not confirmed how that's all happened. Right. Because I guess if you don't see her regenerate, you're not entirely sure... But, you know... And also, there's our generation missing there in the middle. Unless we meet them at some point. Because she's his granddaughter. Yes. So, that's assuming he had children. Yeah. And then they had children. If that's what happened. If that's what happened. Ooh. Or... He decided to adopt a a girl on their planet. I don't know. Or he adopted children and then they had children. That's their their daughter. But we've never met them. Well, I've not met them. You may know more than me. 13. 13 out of 13. Beautiful cover too. I like it. Yeah, it looks good. Obviously, Daleks are involved in some capacity. Oh, yeah. They're always involved, aren't they? Was it Doctor Who? Was it Doctor Who? Who? This is where Matthew will give me a quote. Oh, that's right. We should explain what it is for new people. Can't just assume people know things, can we? No. This is where I give Alex a quote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if he, he asks him first, guess whether it's from Doctor Who or not. Mm-hmm. And then he needs to tell me where it's from. So if it's a Doctor Who thing, he has to be like, it's from this episode. But if it's a non-Doctor Who thing, he has to be like, it's from this movie, TV show, book. Do you read books? No, it's 2023. Who reads? Anything uh, that's worth anything is made into a TV show. Thank you very much. You ready? Um, yes, and I'm losing two to four so far in our tally. Go. The night is dark as just before the dawn, and I promise you, the dawn is coming. Really? <laughs> is that really the quote? Yeah. It's from The Dark Knight, and it's said by Harvey Dent when he's addressing the people after the Joker has gone crazy. It's almost exactly halfway into the film. I could even, <laughs> if I thought about it, I could give you the entire scene word for word. No, I'm all right. But that's what it's from. Oh, uh, yeah, good. I that, tried to did you feel bad for me because I have no points? No, I thought I, thought I might have found one that... Because it's not Batman. And it's, you know, in a prominent scene, but it's not like a super memorable quote. Okay, here's a challenge. Actually, it's probably a memorable quote. 
Yeah, it was used in the trailers. But listen. <laughs> I was just saying that it might be funny if you didn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. You should throw more in from the Dark Knight trilogy, even the most obscure thing, because I think I could almost pick anything. What, is, what about this one? It's not who I am. It's not who I am underneath. It's I wasn't going to say that one. Because you would have got that one easily. How about this? How about you just tell me half the quote and I'll finish it if it's anything from The Dark Knight, even if it's obscure. Your anger gives you great power. Is that really from... Yeah. From Batman Begins. Yeah, this is when he's training with Ra's al Ghul. And you, it's something like you think this is a strength, but it's a weakness. No. What's the next part? If you let it, it will destroy you, as it almost did me. Oh, yeah. What about this one? A hero can be anyone. <laughs> That's the point. No. A hero can be even a man doing something as simple as putting a coat over a small boy's shoulders. <laughs> And then from the Dark Knight Rises, and uh, that's what he says to Gary Oldman to tell him, hey, I know you're Gary Oldman, but you're playing this character, and this character was quite nice to me a couple of movies ago. <laughs> and Gary Oldman was like, what? <laughs> I put my coat on heaps of people. <laughs> you know, we live in Gotham City, you have to narrow it down. Lots of parents get killed every day. Uh, what was the other one I was going to pick? You always fear what you don't understand. That's said by the mob boss who gets put up on the light later to make... That's from Batman Begins. It's Falcone. That's Falcone. There are always people you care about. You just don't realise how much until they're gone. Who said that? Johnny, I'll do the voice for you. There, there are okay, it was Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Is that him in Rises saying that to um, Blake? Yeah, he says it's Blake. Yeah. Or Robin... Why is his real name Robin? Anyway. Oh, you don't know. That's a character from the Batman. No, but they should have called him, like, I don't know, Damien. Clayface? <laughs> no, like, one of, the na- <laughs> oh, one of the first names of the actual Robins. Oh, Damien yeah. Damien or Tim. I see. Or... Because <laughs> his name's not Robin. No, no. How stupid would that be? My name's Robin, and my superhero name is also Robin. <laughs> I would have loved that though. Now she goes, Oh, you should use your real name. I really like that one. Clayface. <laughs> well, what was the one you always say as a captain? <laughs> you should reuse your real name. Kite Man. Oh, that's so good. Condiment King. Man Bat. Man Bat. Condiment King's the best. Imagine that was his real legal name. Oh, I really love your real name. You should use that, Condiment King. <laughs> Little pistols with ketchup and mustard. All right, you ready? The moon base. Base. And it's the return of the Cybermen. Uh, and I, I knew that they would turn up again because it was in the picture. Mm-hmm. But good return. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Very good. Harrowing. Imagine at the time being like. <gasps> They're back. Yeah. There was, there's a special effect that occurs in this. Mm. So, if we just... I'll just give the synopsis. Go on. So, they arrive... Well, from the previous episode, they've said, take us to Mars or whatever. And the Doctor's ship is... The TARDIS has kind of gone all over the place. But it's ended up on the moon. Yeah. Which I guess is like Mars, but not. And um, they arrive at a moon base where there's like a virus spreading... Yeah. Um, to each person who is on the main control thing for this moon base. 
but the special effect of the black going through the veins, mm. um, it looked. I was like, oh, it's cartoon. But then when it happened in the live action, I was like, that's good. That's really cool. You can actually see it flow up. Yeah. So I don't know how they did that. Might have to look at trivia. But um, I, I wonder if it's as simple as they had tu- literal tubes on their face and they just put the liquid into it somehow, like squeezing a thing. Maybe. It made me think of Venom. Yeah. You know, like, not the... Um, I mean, like, the movie's not that good, but that yes. kind of effect. Yeah. 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 All right, anyway, virus and the moon days. Yes. Sorry, I'm just going to get my... Hilariously, they talk about the need to quarantine, and I'm just like, oh, man. Yeah, I was listening to a... Um, Last year, when the pan- pandemic was like peak pandemic, yeah, or was it the year before? I mean, every year just kind of blends together now. Yeah, we're in the COVID era. <laughs> However long it is, um, I was listening to a Torchwood Big Finish audio play. Um, new, I pre-ordered it before the pandemic started, <laughs> but it was about a pandemic that breaks out in London, and the city goes in, the country goes into lockdown, and everyone has to wear masks. Oh. <laughs> That's weird. And I was like, Ugh, I can't listen to this right now. <laughs> they land on the moon base. Yes. And I, um, I was like, I liked that the moon base turns out to be like a weather center. Mm. I was like, clever. And the doctor working out what year they're in. Like, he's like, oh, it's a weather control session. They won't have that technology till 2050. It's like, that's not far away. That's only 20 years away from us or whatever. Yeah. 20 seven years away or whatever and then the guy's like oh no it's 2070 and the doctor's like only 20 years old I was only 20 years old <laughs> I love the idea that there's a base on the moon that uses whatever technology they have on the moon to actually direct currents in yeah. the water on earth and actually control the weather in certain areas that's but you, cool you also get snippets of like the impact that that has like, they have deals with farmers and stuff to keep the weather yeah. right in certain locations of the earth, which I thought that was interesting. So, when things start to go wrong later, and they're like, I can't remember what they talk about, like, Los Angeles or something, had perfect sun, and now it's like, now there's hurricane, whatever's coming. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Like, there's a movie called Geostorm, which is like a similar thing. There's like a weather station in space. Right. And it's a disaster movie because um, something happens. And it's a geostorm. <laughs> he was pretty boring. <laughs> wow. What a, what a, I'm sold. I'm just saying it's, it's interesting now that idea. Like that movie came out in what, like 2017 or something? Yeah, so 40 years yeah. before. Yeah, like or more this, than that. This idea. You're like, oh. That's cool. Um, and there's like little, like, I like how it slowly builds. So like they work out that someone is eavesdropping in all their communications. Yeah. But they don't work, like they don't figure out who that is straight away. Yeah. Um, I have put in here, um, the animation style is different. Yeah. Last time. We should say episodes one and three are animated. Yeah. And two and four are the actual footage. The actual footage. But I think this, this animation had a lot more, like, he, there was a lot more facial movement yes. than in the last one. So you could actually tell when someone was, like, upset or happy. Yeah. They weren't just, like, a sprite on a... 
Yeah. Not that it was that bad last time, but this just felt like there was a lot more emotion going on on their faces. Absolutely. Because remember last the last one we watched when it was animated, they said they were rushed. Yes. And this felt like it wasn't. It was done properly. They had a bit more time to kind of roll with it. Yeah. Um, why are they? Why do they wear sunglasses in the spacesuits? I think that's what you have to do. Like I thought, the, doc- the second Doctor looked pretty cool with those sunglasses on. <laughs> but I think when you're an astronaut, right? You know, when you're doing that next time, oh yeah, that's why they put the big visor thing, right? Because you're just getting sun. Like you're, it's not passing through an atmosphere to, that would protect you from that, right? So I guess it could do a lot more damage to your. I guess it could do a lot more damage to your eyes than it otherwise would. See, I don't think... You, you must be right, and I guess by that point... I mean, had they... They haven't gone to space yet, have they? No. That was I in, did, wasn't it in the late... In the 60s. In the 60s. But it still would have been just before. Isn't that 19... I thought it was 69? Like, yeah, I think it is. Three hours later. 1969. July 20, 1969. Um, this came out 1967. So they, they guessed a lot of stuff. I suppose it was probably being talked about. Yeah. Because it's not like they got to 1969 and were like, let's go to the moon. They were probably <laughs> building stuff leading up to that. Um, That's a good point because we, we seem to always see themes of things that would make sense at that time. Like, we've seen a lot of episodes recently where there's a big fear of artificial intelligence, mm. which I'm assuming would have been a big thing in the 60s. And then, of course... There would have been a lot of talk about, can we go into space? And so they make a story like this. Yeah. To terrify you so you never want to go. That's correct. I don't want to go to space. <laughs> I think it's also interesting. So the guy that wrote this one too, just while we're talking about random things, yeah. his name's Kit P- Peddler. The only other story he wrote before this was The Tenth Planet. Okay. The last first Doctor one, which also was the first appearance of the Cybermen. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because it's also interesting how he's obviously thought about how they would evolve. Because they look different in this as well. Yeah, they look way more advanced. So at the end of this episode, I know we've kind of like brushed over things, but there's a there's a classic, the people who run the moon base don't trust the doctor because they're like, oh, he's turned up and now there's problems. Mm. Even though the virus was there before he got there. <laughs> but whatever. And then at the very end of the episode... Oh, like we're leaving out some important things. They're in the spacesuits that you just mentioned. Yeah. And they're jumping, they're having a good time. Even though the doctor's like, you could die out here. Yeah, if that spacesuit <laughs> rips, it's over. Yeah. But they're all jumping up and down, they're enjoying the low gravity. <laughs> and then Jamie hits his head or something, and he gets taken to the space station. The moon base, if you will. Yeah. And that's when they go in, and no one trusts each other for a bit. Um... But then the doctor's like, maybe I can help. There's this moment where Polly is like, I just want to go see. He's like, where do you think you're going, love? It's like, oh, okay. And she just wants to go see Jamie. But I think, just going forward again, because that's pretty much the end of episode one. I think that uh, Polly and Ben together and Jamie, the three of them are very good in this episode. Yeah. They have one moment in particular which is they work together quite well yes. as a team. To take down. To take down a bunch of Cybermen. Yeah. Um, Before we move on to episode two, I just want oh, to she say... She screams at the end of the episode. 
Oh. Ah, this is Cyberman. That's a word from our sponsor. Aye. Because <laughs> that's a scream. <laughs> when the Doctor introduces himself to the people in the moon base, moon base, he introduces himself and he says, I am a doctor. And then they say, okay, doctor. But I thought it was like he was like saying... He was making a... I felt it was a fourth wall break reference to the fact that there's already been other doctors before him. So he's like, uh, I am a doctor. Ooh, it could be. But maybe I was just reading too much into it. You do read into things too much. But did you like how creepy the shadows, yeah, of the <laughs> Cybermen looked? Yeah. There was a moment oh. where Jamie... Not Jamie. Ben is in, like, talking to someone else on the base. Yeah. And they're just in, like, a storage room or something, looking for something. And there's just, like, a flicker of its shadow. And you're like, ah. I don't and like then that. it zaps the guy. And that special effect was not quite as good. Especially in the live action. No. It looked like someone had literally put it onto PowerPoint and added lightning bolt strike here. The 60s, though. It's best you can do, probably. Yeah, but what about the black veins? I know, that is good. And one more thing. How good is the creepy music that was just basically on loop for the entire story? It was good. Did you enjoy the music of them jumping on the moon? It was like... Ooh. <laughs> it was like... Because that's where... <laughs> It was, it was pretty good. It was the classic we're in space sounds, you know. Polly screamed and everyone's run in. Why woman make noise? But I forgot until she said, and then I was like, oh yeah, I remember. So she's seen the Cybermen before. Mm. And so you, like, she's aware of who they are. And she's obviously later on when they start to come up with a plan, she's had some thoughts like, they remember what they did to them last time. Yeah. And they deduce what they could do to them this time, which I think was very yeah. cool. Her and Ben. Her and Ben. I found Ben a lot less frustrating this episode. I agree. He was a bit more... I think because Jamie's there and he doesn't want to look like... Uh, he wants to... He's trying to impress Polly and Jamie, I think, is just there. I don't think Jamie's trying to impress Polly. He's just... You know, a cool Scotsman. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> Although he does he does make fun of Ben. He's like, just because Polly's here yes. and you want to be a big man. <laughs> oh, by the way, do you know who played the Cyberman in the live action one? And I ask this because I think it will be some sort of bodybuilder. Because that guy was massive and he was able to carry a human being like it was nothing in one arm and walk off. There's a bunch of names here. John Wills. It just says he played played Frankenstein's monster in The Chase. Okay, so he's a huge boy. Sonny Wills played an Atlantean guard in The Underwater Menace. And he's played a few other little parts in the few. He's like an extra. Maybe they're just big guys, but I literally was like, man, those guys are strong. They are strong. What a strong man. I thought it was funny the first time he kind of rips him off the bed, it looks like he's struggling to pick him up. But then the <laughs> yeah. next thing, he's just got him under his arm. You're like, oh. <laughs> so this, and the Cybermen are an accepted part of history. Yeah, that's the only thing I took note of. So yeah. they just, by, the 20, by 2070, the Cybermen are known beings. Yeah. So the, the stuff that happened at the South Pole, was it South Pole? I think so. 
there's just a known event. Yeah, it's not like they disappeared and no one knew what happened. Yeah. Because all the people in the station are like, we know about Cybermen, it's not them. They, ages ago, it's they, 2070 now, everyone's fine. Yeah, give it the picture. <laughs> With the picture. <laughs> so they're all like, they can't be them, even though, you know, Polly's like, yeah, well, it was them, I did see them. It does make sense that the Doctor doesn't initially believe her, because he kind of goes, that is odd that it would be them. Because but he doesn't out... He doesn't outright tell her that's not possible. No. But so I that's think nice. <laughs> that is nice. But, but if you think from his perspective, the Cybermen are one of the few people she's seen before. Yeah. So, of course, if your mind's going to play tricks on you, it's going to bring up something you've seen. Ah, oh, true. Instead of just her going, it was this freak with three eyes and he was an alien. Um, it's at this point there, Hobson, so that's the guy in charge of this moon base. Yes. He says to the Doctor, you got like a day to figure this out. And I do like how the, the Doctor and Polly have this conversation about how days actually work on the moon base. Because, of course, he's right. Like, this, it gets it would get so much sunlight and then it would just be darkness for ages. <laughs> so, how would you possibly get any... Like, how would your body actually function to that? Yeah. So, I think that was clever. But um, Polly asks if he's actually, like, a medical doctor... Mm. And he says, I've got a medical degree from Glasgow in 1888. And I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about this because I remember the first Doctor. I think it was the episode where we first meet Vicky and they were, he was stuck in a cave with Ian. And he said, I swear he said something oh, he, about... And Ian says something like, that's the fastest medical... I've had or something. Yeah. Medical examination I've had. And he's like, I'm not that kind of doctor. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I I thought maybe he said, oh, I used to be a doctor. But if he says that, so what's the deal? I think, one, he could just be saying things. This one? Yeah, well, I mean, any of them. Any of them, to be fair. Um, I I think William Arnold probably just said a lot of things. (laughs) Um, So he says specifically under Joseph Lister... I don't know I who think that is. A, I think he's a famous person. Anyway, doesn't matter. But he also says he's got other degrees at other points during his life. And also, it wouldn't surprise me if for a few years the doctor just went and got a medical degree. Like, even with other people in the TARDIS, because it's a time machine. Yeah. He could just go get a degree and come back like no time had passed. And also, yeah, and also how old is he? Like, he's got the time. Yes. So. Well, by now... He's like two and a half thousand years old or something. Oh, okay. At least. Because there's some discrepancies in his age that comes up. Um, I've forgotten that the name of this weather station was the Gravitron. Yes. I thought that was good. It made me just think of that thing on... You know the thing at Dreamworld? Yeah. The Gravitron. Is that called a Gravitron? I don't think it's there anymore, unless I'm wrong. But I remember I've been to it. Dreamworld for a, for a long time. I remember when I, I did used to go on it. The thing that would spin and you could stand up and you're like, Whoa. you'd stick against the side, wouldn't you? Yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on. Yeah, I've got here that they <laughs> tell Polly that to make them coffee because she's a woman. I put here, um, you make some coffee, you're good at that, which is another reference to the 10th planet. Because remember, she makes the people coffee then. Oh. She's like, can't I be of some use? I'll make you coffee. And then that made me think of the writer of this episode who has written... Two episodes with Polly, 
And both episodes have her serving coffee. Interesting. <laughs> that's that's way nicer than my thought, which is, oh, the reason she's good at that is because she's a woman, huh? <laughs> I put the here, Polly doesn't scream when it would probably be more useful to. That's when Jamie gets taken. So the Cyberman walks in and she's like, hello. She's like, she looks scared. She doesn't scream and then she gets zapped. Yeah. And then Jamie gets zapped. Anyway, um, you make some coffee, you're good at that. Well, it turns out she's not so good at that, is is it? Well, it's not her fault. No, but she shouldn't have sugar in coffee. I agree with that. So, everyone who's listening to this, she makes a bunch of people coffee and she brings sugar. And it turns out the way this virus is spreading is through the sugar. Mm. So, then the doctor figures that out in a moment and hits the sugar out of Hobson's hand and uh, I think saves the day. Well, he then takes the sugar thing to his little lab that he set up to examine it and he's like, oh, this is not good. And they're all like... They all know that someone's still listening to them. And the doctor's like, you've searched the base. And they're like, yep. And then he's like, did you search this room with all the patients in it? And they're like, no, there's always people in here. And they look over at a bed with a sheet and they see Cyberman boots. And they're like, "Uh oh. Oh, no. And then so the Cyberman gets up and at the end of episode two has it walking towards them. Okay. Now I just want to say... No, that's it. I've got episode three. Excuse me. I have three things to say. Say the first one. The first I'll one. Think, I'll think about letting you say the other two. Okay, well, I thought it was great how there's all this talk about whether they're Cybermen or not, and they're like trying to work out the virus. And then the, uh, the main guy in the base says to the doctor, So what's causing all this issue? And he goes, Oh, it's the Cybermen. Yeah, 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 they're real. Hmm. Because I think he works out. He's like a rather plausible yeah. idea. Explanation. But it's just so matter of fact, like, oh, yeah. And <laughs> then, then... I'm pretty sure they must be alive. Now, the Cyberman, when he gets off the table, the table rocks because he almost just falls straight off it because it's obviously just a guy in this massive suit. But he pulls off that sheet very quickly. Yeah. Much more quickly than the Cyberman in the 10th planet moved. Yes. You know, they held a hole in the... The light that can kill people. <laughs> the, the big torch. Yeah. But he makes the table rock. I just thought it was hilarious because he slips off the table to be menacing, but he almost falls off and the table's like, whoa. <laughs> and then he goes into a Power Ranger stance at the end. Did you see that? Yeah. He's like... Because, mm. yeah, he has a gun thing on top, I think. <laughs> he has his arms crossed and he's all <laughs> with the gun thing and he's posing. And it was like a Power Rangers move. Weird looking Power Ranger. The Cyberman explains his whole plan. He's like, we're taking dead people. We're going to convert them. I love how... Because you learn more about that conversion technique as the years roll along. Right, okay. But you don't know... Like, even Ben has a line later where he's like, I don't like that they keep using the word converted. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no... Like, it's not elaborated on... It's not, you assume because of the conversation they had on the tenth planet that they used to be people, but you're not sure if like is there a whole person in there or is it just like bits of them in there? Right. Um but yeah, just the way they keep using that word and it's like ooh. That's weird. Um We're back to animation for the third episode. Yes, correct. And they have the table still move in the animation, even though it was just clearly to be realistic. But it was clearly a mistake. That's what's so good about it. They're like, well, we have to stay true to what it was. 
The Cybermen do sound a lot more electronic in this as well. Yeah. Their voice is different. Yeah. Which, you know, that's cool. The Cybermen's like, we're going to keep, you know, converting people. They left Jamie behind because he had, his head was banged up. So. Yeah, Polly basically saves him by accident. Yeah. By saying, leave him alone, he's hit his head. And they're like, oh, his brain. Oh, well, we can't use him then. He's useless. Now, the Cybermen are taking command at this stage. And they've taken the Doctor and Hobson back to their the main control center mm-hmm. to do stuff. I guess disrupt Earth's weather, convert all these people, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we, it's Ben, Polly and Jamie left in the sick bay. And this is where they have that really good conversation where they talk about what happened last time. Yeah. So Ben's like, well, we got them with the radiation that time they walked into that room. And then Polly's like, well, the chest bit looks like plastic. She's like, well, nail varnish, like, that's pl- like plastic. And nail varnish remover gets rid of that. So have we got anything that's like, what's, well, at first she's like, what's in it? And Ben says acetone, acetone or something. Mm. And so they just look for anything that's remotely got the same properties. <laughs> and Jamie had mentioned something about a like, sprinkler or something. I can't remember what he said exactly. Yeah. But they then put that, that all that together and they make a little spray bottle of like acidic chemicals. <laughs> yes. And then we have the best action scene, which is the door to the central control area of the Moonbase opening. And Ben, Polly, Ben and Polly in particular. Well, first of all, doesn't Jamie say, I can do this? And Ben's like, they're both like, no, you've hit your head. And he's like, I'm not sitting this out. And then Polly's like, I'll come. And they're like, no, this is a man's job. Yeah. I I think I wrote down, not you, Polly, this is men's work. That's what I put here. It's 16 minute mark. This is men's work. Um, I just thought that conversation was really good because Ben and Polly reference all that stuff that they've experienced before. Yeah. Like, they're, check- they're, they're probably used to this now. Yeah. Um, and it was a scene, like, out of Mission Impossible, how they, when they jump out of the door. Yeah. Don't, don't all three of them, aren't all three of them there anyway? I'm pretty sure Polly just went with them anyway. <laughs> yeah. She said, I'm not staying here. Because she has a spray bottle. Yeah. And they really take down the side of them. <laughs> like, that's good. Good um, good work, everyone. Yeah, they spray the chest thing and it starts to melt and it makes them kind of whoa, wobbly and then they fall. Like they did an Ian fall. They did the wobble. They did a good wobble. And fell back. He would have been proud. And then this episode ends with them seeing the, where the Cyberman ship is. Yeah. And it's like, and it goes to credits. Well, it opens up and then there's just like 20 of them. Oh, yeah, there's just... These Cybermen just staggering out, and you're like, oh, this is bad. Because they're celebrating the fact that they've destroyed the three or four that are in the... We're going to need some more spray bottles. <laughs> We're going to need some more spray bottles. <laughs> I wondered, because in the start of episode four... Before we get there... Okay, yeah, say your things. I have things to say. I found it very awkward with the scene they have where the Doctor speaks slash thinks to himself out loud. Oh, he's speaking, and then his brain's speaking. Yeah. He's talking to himself. I didn't like that. That was weird. I don't think that's something they come back to. Maybe he just, they tried it for this. Yeah. Oh, this is where the space museum comes into it. All right. Because I don't know if you noticed, but every time a creepy thing starts to happen with the Cybermen, they play the exact same music from the space museum. Do you remember the scene where the doctor's trying- Haven't they done that a lot though? Not that music. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe they did it once. 
Maybe they did it last time with the Cybermen if it was the same the time. Planet. Yeah, maybe. But it's the scene where he's, the Doctor, the first Doctor, thinks he's found the TARDIS, but it's a silhouette. Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever it is. He's just, like, dancing through it. Yeah. And it's that weird, creepy space museum music that I love. It came back. Uh-huh. And also, the Cybermen speak like US Cali girls. I don't know what that is. So, well, they end with, ah, uh, after everything they say. So, they're like, come with us, sir. You know how Cali girls Cali girls go Come on Cyber Callies Cyber Callies You know how They go like Come on uh, We have to go Yes I know That's that's how they talk Can't help it Come on Um, Now I did have as many notes For the episode 4 Me A lot of it is like Them just fighting Yeah There is a cool scene where The Cybermen make a hole In the um there's moon base. Yeah. And the air starts to brush out. And at first they plug it with a coat. Yeah. And then they use the, a drinks tray. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. Because, of course, you could seal it because of the vacuum outside. So, if you just put something bigger than the hole in front of it. Yeah. It should seal it enough. And the way they use the, the sound of wind coming through and then plugging it. However they did that, it sounded really good. Ooh. You know. You can look at trivia later. Oh, and this is the episode where we see how much the Scottish man is wearing that kilt with a long sleeve shirt. And it's just, it's not good. Yeah, but you know. Go on. Whenever he's from, maybe that's what they did. Yeah, I don't know. So someone's sitting in the main command seat. and There's a big conversation about should they be there so long and everyone's pulling their weight and blah, blah, blah. And then Evans, who is like a cyber-controlled regular person, manages to sneak into that room. (laughs) There's just a scene where everyone's kind of dashing about, because this is live action again. Everyone's dashing about, and the doctor's like, we need to go look at this thing. And then the camera that follows the doctor, and then that guy turns around, Mm. and you're like, oh. That was good. How did he even get to that room without being noticed? That's a good point. (laughs) But then he sits in the chair, and for some reason, the person in the main control chair also wears a like a big beanie. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. So he could hide there, I guess. Yeah, because it went over his like little control helmet thing mm. that the side men are like, wear this thing, please. Because they can obviously control him without it. They send out a pulse, and he gets up, and then he puts the thing on. Yeah. Just walk without it. You can control him without it to some degree, right? Must be. Maybe they just mm. think it's fashionable. It does look pretty good. Anyway, they figure that out. Um, the Cybermen try and shoot a few blasts at it, but it gets deflected by the Gravitron. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how the Cybermen, how they make the Cybermen fly away. They make the, um, they pull down the reflection part of it so it actually goes forward along the ground. And oh, it, it pushes, pushes them away. But I want to ask you something, because Earth sends a shuttle to the moon as backup once they think something's wrong mm. and the Cybermen at this point are in control of the the moon base and they make it reflect yeah sorry <laughs> I keep getting that word <laughs> they reflect it into the sun basically killing those people forever right they're gonna burn up and die oh, yeah why didn't the humans do that once they'd restored control to the ships that were coming with more Cybermen why didn't it just bungee them onto the sun like the other ships happened it just says that sends their ships flown off to space. 
We'll send them to and the And then farm. the doctor leaves, like, that solved this problem. <laughs> he does say, the doctor speculates that this will not be the last time they see the Cybermen. It's not, by the way. Well, yeah, I saw on Britbox they're coming up pretty soon. They're up, they come back a bit. Probably not as much as the Daleks. I like them as a villain. I think mm. they're, I mean, they're kind of Dalek-like. But I think... But different enough. Once you learn more about the lore of them, I guess. Oh, I wish we, we haven't got to that yet, really. They differ mm. a bit. Um, they fly away. There's a large chloro emerges on the scanner. Oh, because of the macro. The macro is terrorist the next episode. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Another villain that comes back. Villain. I mean, it's an animal, isn't it? Maybe it was a friendly claw. Yeah, it's a big friendly crab, crab claw. The one that makes them go... <gasps> Alright, next. You gotta score this bad boy. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought it was good. Yeah. The doctor didn't play the flute, so that gets an extra point from me anyway. Okay. Slash recorder, as you seem to think that justifies it. I didn't say that, I just <laughs> want you to be cor- correct. <laughs> See, I'm scared to rate things too high, because what if stuff comes up later and I'm like, oh... I think it... I think it's still quite good. I think I just like all the companions in it too. Maybe like a 10. I was thinking a 9 or a 10. You can do a 9 if you want. 9.5. Halfway between Chris Eccleston and David Tennant. That's pretty good. That's pretty, isn't bad? <laughs> Very well done. I liked it. Hit uh, me with some trivia. Oh, yeah. In the early edit of the script, the Cybermen still had names as they had in the 10th planet. Jerry Davis reinstated that this concept for his novelization of the story. So in the book version, they've all got names. Right. But I guess the guy that wrote it was like, they don't need names. Well, I like the idea that they've advanced to the point where they're even less of who they were. Yeah, that's good. So they're just no names. Yeah, okay, here you go. The scene in which the Doctor asks Polly to make coffee is often cited as an example of sexism in Doctor Who. In her comments on the 2014 DVD release, Annika Wills, who plays Polly, disputes this, pointing out that Polly is responsible for devising the method used to destroy the Cybermen inside the base. So she's like, yeah, she had to make coffee, but she also was like, let's put the stuff in a spray bottle and kill some Cybermen. That's a fair point. Ironically, while the coffee scene is frequently replayed, another scene in which Ben outright tells Polly that going after the Cybermen is man's work is forgotten. <laughs> Which is far more blatant. I thought that I picked that up much more as sexism. I thought when she made coffee in the tenth planet, I was like, "That's a bit of sexism." Yeah, but I guess because it's, I think it's because it's repeated. Yeah, you're kind of like maybe she's just maybe she's just great at making coffee. Maybe, and that's outside of her gender. Ennis Lloyd, so that's the producer. Suggested the moon setting in order to tap into the ongoing space race happening in real life. There you go, see? There you go. They always The themes of the show always reflect what's happening at the time. Which I know it seems obvious, but it's interesting. Okay, you want to hear this one? Do you it. want to hear this one? So bad. Episode 4 marks the final appearance of the show's original title sequence. Wow, so it's so gone. there'll be a new title sequence in the next episodes that we watch. I like the little thing and how you told me the trivia about how they pointed one camera at another camera and made the thing. I think they still do that, but they put his face in it, I think. You know how they, they talked about not putting the face in it? <laughs> I think they put his face in it. <laughs> oh. 
Will it um, still be the same music though? I think they the music does get updated as the years go on. Right. One of my favourite ones is the the sixth and seventh Doctor ones. There's like it's a real disco start, and then it goes into Doctor Who. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, boom, <laughs> and there's like a bright light. It's pretty good. Oh my god, <laughs> disco Doctor. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Although I do like disco the music. Doctor. That is that you've referenced something that you don't understand. Yeah? <laughs> okay. But can I just say, I love the music that they have now. It's it's appropriate. It's creepy, but it's not too creepy. It keeps... It's always pretty close to the original. Okay. It just kind of gets a revamp. Even when they rebooted it? Even when they rebooted it. When, when they rebooted it, it's all um, instrumental, like the Wales Symphony Orchestra or someone else. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's the same, similar thing. It's the similar thing. I think that is about it. When the Cybermen's spaceships land, the wires following them are clearly visible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty That's bad. not a production error. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. In episode two, when a Cyberman tries to zap Pauline while she tends to Jamie, he misses, but she falls anyway. Yeah, because they were using that horrible... <laughs> just put an image of a laser somewhere. All right. Macroterra's next. Macroterra's next. And that's the end of season four, isn't it? Then that's the end of season four. Wow, we're getting through it. Um, a lot of these are still animated, though, even going into season five, because Thanks, BBC. BBC. The BBC archives. But thank you for listening. Yeah. If you enjoyed it, why not rate it? Why not tell a friend? Why not send an email? Why not write um, a letter and fold it into a paper airplane and throw it through my window? Why not make someone some coffee, even if you're not a woman? No, that's a man's job. It's men's work. <laughs> Making. <laughs> if you liked it, write and review it, share it with a friend. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and like a bunch of other places. Mm-hmm. If you would like to follow us on social media, we've got Facebook and Twitter. Instagram. And Instagram and, and TikTok. We're down with the kids on the tickety talk. Okay, I don't want to say that. But if you want to find all those links, there's also a link tree underneath this description. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Have a lovely day. Time. Whatever time it is for you. Because you could be listening to this at any time. Ooh, it's the, oh, it's oh, it's a time travel reference. I, I thought you were talking about the power of the web. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm reversing the polarity of the ultrasonic screwdriver's power source. Reverse the polarity. Reverse. Reverse. Reverse the polarity. I just reversed the polarity.